Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute and email us your story at newlifewoc at aol.com. As we continue to share the truth of God's word all around the world, we encourage you to partner with us financially at newlifewoc.com. Thanks again. Enjoy today's message from Pastor Anthony Jones. We've been looking at a certain component or certain um, aspect of faith um, that can give us greater clarity about how faith works. Because a lot of times, you know, um, it's hard for you to really walk in something that you really don't understand. So we're taking this time to kind of dissect it um, over the summer to make sure that you're going to be able to receive everything that God wants you to receive. Now today what we're going to do is we're going to begin um, by looking at your value or your belief system and seeing how it was shaped because all of the choices that you make and the choices that I make they flow from it. You, don't, you just don't make choices in life. Every choice and every decision that you make, it flows from your value and your belief system. All right, so what we're going to do, and some of this, for some of you all, it's going to be a review, but it's uh, something I haven't taught in years, but we're going to go a little, uh, little farther in it than what I've been before. But a lot of people, they don't understand, you know, number one, you know, how their value and belief system is shaped. See, because once I learn how my value and my belief system was shaped, then I can reshape it. You got it? If you don't know how it got shaped, then you can't, you can't reshape it. So what happens is, is you're never able to, to change um, the choices and the decisions that you've been making on a consistent basis with causes for the life that you live. You, the life you live is, is based upon the choices and the decisions that you made up to this point in life. So what I got to do is I got to learn how to make better choices and better, better decisions. But I can't make better choices and better, better decisions if my belief system does not change or my value system. Now, there are four factors that shape um, your value and your belief system. Number one is your environment. Somebody say environment. environment. Two is credible authority figures that I allow to speak into my life. Um, it can be an example. It can be your mother, your father, your teacher, or your pastor. You know, but those voices that you deem credible um, in your life. Number three is experiences. Now, experiences are things that have happened to me in my life up to this point. So when I'm talking about experiences, it's, it's, it's something that has already happened. Now, I'm going to take a brief moment on this because the, your, your, experiences, your experience is the most potent one of all the four. You got it? Something that has happened. Because something that is, if something has happened to you, it's hard for you to get beyond it. All right? So, so, so number one... We said my environment, number two, credible authority figures that I allow to speak into my life. Number three is experiences. And number four is repetitious information, the things that I hear and am exposed to on a regular basis. All right, these four factors. All right, my environment, credible authority figures that I let speak into my life. Number three, experiences. Number four, uh, repetitious information. Now, these four shape my belief system which causes me to make the decisions in life that I make. Now, here lies the problem. When I get saved, this belief system does not change automatically, even though I change kingdoms. All right? So when I get saved, what happens is, is I come to church or I hear the gospel and I get saved. But what happens when I get saved, the belief system that I currently have 
currently have does not change into a new belief system. So what I end up doing is I end up taking my old belief system or value system into a new kingdom. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You got it? Now, <clears throat> now go to Colossians. Go to Colossians 1. Colossians 1. And like I said now, you know, I'm going to start chopping this thing up a little bit just to make sure that, that everybody can chew and swallow. All right? Not trying, to, not trying to give out, you know, so much, you know, um, information. But, you know, really want you to be able to digest it so you can swallow it. All right? Colossians 1, because you got saved, you was in one kingdom, and then you was translated or you was transferred into another kingdom. But your belief system was not changed. All right? Because it took, now listen, it took time for you to develop the belief system you got. Got it? Over time, it took time. You got it? So now, once you get it, once you come into the body of Christ, it's going to take some time to change it. <laughs> this, is why, this is why, you know, you have, you should have baby Christians. You know, baby Christians, you know, their belief system, their value system hasn't been changed yet. But now you shouldn't be a 30-year-old Christian with, a two -year, with, with, with the same value system you had back when you was in, you know, the world. You know, it should change. All right? Colossians 1, verse 13, it says, watch this, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated, or you can say transferred us into the kingdom of his dear what? Son. So I left one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, or you can say the world system, you got it, or the world's kingdom, and then I was translated, transferred into an entirely different what? Kingdom. Go to Philippians 3 and 20. Philippians 3 and 20. Philippians 3 and 20. You got it? It was the next book, so it shouldn't took long. All right. Go backwards, not forward. Philippians 3.20. It says, For our conversation is in what? Heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So it says, For our conversation is in what? Now we see that word conversation, we think it's talking about your talking. No, that word conversation literally means citizenship. All right? So your citizenship is in where? Heaven. So that means even though, watch this, I'm in the earth, my citizenship is not in the earth. My, citizen, my citizenship is actually in heaven. Now, which means I am now part of a new country vested with certain rights, privileges, and duties that are different from the country I was in before. All right? Because now, I'm listen, my citizenship is in what? Heaven. So watch this. My rights and my privileges and my duties should be what? Heavenly. Come on, y'all. Come on. They should be what? Heavenly because that's where my what? That's where my citizenship is. That's where I belong. See, but the problem is, is we get saved. And we're still trying to operate according to a country that we no longer belong to. You got it? So now frustration comes because it's not working the way that the Bible tells you it's supposed to work. 
So, so, so folk get frustrated and they be like, well, this Bible thing, this church thing, this Christian thing, it doesn't work. No, it don't work for you because you trying to work the kingdom on a worldly belief system. It's not going to work and it's going to cause frustration. All right. Now, <clears throat> let, let, give me, let me give you an example. Um, an example of is like, what if you was born in Russia? You lived there for 30 years, and then you moved to the United States. Got it? Now, how they live in Russia is not how we live in the United States. You got it? So now, you're in the United States, but you're still trying to live like you lived in Russia. And now you say, well, I thought American was the, what was it, the American, the American dream or what to say? The American, you know, what is that, American, you know. Everybody won't get the American, I'll take all the American dream. We want, we want a piece of the American dream. Whatever. But now you in America, but the American dream ain't working for you because you still trying to live like you lived in Russia. You got, so, so, so. It's going to take time to change. I, I'm trying to get this way you understand. I, I, see, I really, I, 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 you know, I haven't been anywhere outside of America. I haven't, you know, and lived, for time, lived over time. Some of y'all might have, um, you know, and I know, like, when you come, like, I know Mark and his wife, you know, when they came, when they came to America, they had to learn the language. Then you, you had to learn, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't easy learning the language because you, 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 I mean, you've been, you learn how to talk one way, but now you're in a place you got to learn how to talk another way if you're going to transact any business. So if your language is limited, if your language is limited, it's going to be hard to get things done in the new country you're in. Okay. I want you, I want you to get the parallel. This is the same thing in the kingdom. You in the kingdom, and the kingdom don't talk like the world. So you no no so you no you in the kingdom, but you still trying to talk like the world. But then you mad because you can't get nothing done. It, I can't make it no easier. I, I just can't. I can't make it no simpler than that. You know you still talk my you still talk my you know they make me sick. You still talking about, well, I ain't going to never, I can't never keep nothing. You know, I, I, every time I get a little change and it goes out the door. See, and then you're wondering why. That's that what I'm saying. Because the kingdom doesn't talk like that. You got So now what you have to do is you got to find out, watch this, what is the kingdom language? And now I got to take time to learn it. Oh, Jesus, okay. Okay, okay. You and you know, you know, you know the power of life and death. Come on, lies in the what? Your 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 mouth won't change. You still talk. You still talking the same old talk. You sound just like you sound twenty years ago when you weren't in church. You got but so 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 now you can't transact business in the kingdom, and now you're talking about well, this that that church stuff don't work. No, it don't work for you. Close your mouth, still the same. 
Okay, praise the Lord. Now, let, 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 let me let, let's move a little farther. I, but this is the problem. You're in a new kingdom. So I got to get in this word and I got to find out how does this kingdom work. This kingdom works. This is what it tell me. I walk by faith and not by sight. It tells me I cannot be moved by what I see or hear or feel. I'm only moved by what the word of God says. While we look not at the things that are what? Seen, but the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen are what? Temporal, but the things that are not seen are what? Eternal. So why are you still being moved by what folks saying about you? And then you wonder why the kingdom is not what? Working. Somebody say you got to change your talk. So now, so now once I come into this new kingdom, I got to spend some time to really find out, okay, now how does things work in this new kingdom that I'm in? And most people, once they're saved, never take time to find this out. But they so quick to give up on God. So quick. So... Let's keep going. So the problem is, is I bring this flawed belief system or way of thinking into the kingdom of God. And this old way of thinking will not work in this new kingdom that I have chosen to live in. Now, because my old way of thinking and acting will not work in this new life that I've chosen, it causes me to begin to experience frustration. And once you get frustrated, more than likely you're going to quit. All right. Now. It's like, let me give you another example. It's like trying to fit a round ball in a square hole. I don't care how bad you want it to fit. Come on, it just won't what? Unless you reshape it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Now, and in order to, listen now, in order to reshape something, it's going to take one of two things. It's going to take time, watch this, and pressure. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, boy, it's good to me. No, it takes time and pressure. Because now, say you, got, say you got a square ball trying to fit it into a, a, a round ball trying to fit it into a square hole. If you continue to apply enough pressure, you got it. You can reshape that ball into a what? Square. So it can now what? So it can now what? Fit. But enough pressure is going to have to be applied so that the ball will be shaped or transformed into a what? Square. But it will not fit being a ball. I don't care how bad you want it to fit. And this is what for what? Well, I, I just, man, I just want to live this life. I don't care how bad you want to live this life. You're not going to be able to live it with that old way of thinking. All right? Or that flawed belief system. Now, now, so. So it's the same way in the kingdom of God. You are not designed by God to function in the kingdom of God with a worldly mentality. And this is why your mind has to be renewed. Now, there is this thing called allegiance that I'm just going to speak on just for a moment. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on, but allegiance. See, once you get saved, your allegiance must change. You got it? You can't, you can't, no, you can't have allegiance to two things. Now, and this, listen, this has not changed. 
Because I, well, I, I think before I got ready to leave this morning, I had to go back and relook at something. And because when the Spirit of God spoke to me, I said, now I need to see this. An example, he says, you look at the Old Testament, even when somebody who wasn't a Jew, watch this, wanted to come and live amongst the Jews, their allegiance had to change to me. They couldn't come and live with the Jews and worship their God. It's, in other words, they had to assimilate. You got it? They, had, they, they, they couldn't come and say, well, I'm going to come over here and live with y'all, but I'm still going to worship my God. I'm still going to live how I used to live. and do. No, you couldn't be with them. An example of this was Rahab. Well, Rahab. Rahab, Rahab wasn't a Jew. But we find her in the genealogy of Jesus. So what happened to Rahab? Rahab had to watch this. She had to assimilate and she had to change allegiance to the point where she had to forsake her own folk and choose God. Y'all know the story? The spies came and she didn't, listen, she didn't have to let them do it. But when she, but, but she said, no, I know what's getting ready to happen here. You got it? And she chose to change what? Allegiance. Let me give you another example. Ruth. Ruth was another example. Ruth couldn't, Ruth couldn't come into the, uh, come, I'm, I'm going to use my example, come into the kingdom and still try to be a Moabite. You got it? And see, and this is the problem that we have, you got it, with quote unquote, you know, the, the body of Christ is we really think that we can come into the kingdom but still live like the world. But there has been no allegiance change. And listen, listen, let me say, and God knows when that has taken place. There has to be a change of allegiance. You can't live in both kingdoms. Okay, praise the Lord. All right, let's move forward. Let's move forward. So, what has to happen? Got it? I got to get saved. You got it? And then my mind has to be renewed. Got it? I got I to transform. Romans 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 2. And that's the question. You know, you, gotta ask, you know, you saved, you believing for all this stuff that come to pass in your life, or why are you still living like you're living? still living like you're living. Still cussing, still fornicating, still cheating, still lying, still God robbing. <laughs> Everybody get quiet on that. You got it, but then you well, all, I'm all these blessings. No, come on now. You got to change allegiance. And folk have to change allegiance. They, they, you know, it's kind of like we won't, we won't live in both worlds. But it won't work. So you get frustrated, and then you end up what? Quitting. Thinking that it don't work. No, it, not, it don't work for you because you haven't changed allegiance. Because when allegiance change happens, your heart change. There can be, listen, there can be no change of allegiance until there's first a change of heart. Now, if your heart hadn't changed, Houston, we really got a problem. Romans 12, 
Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your what? So I'm transformed, or you can say changed, by the renewing of my what? So if my mind is never renewed, that word renewed is like renovated. Like when you renovate something. You know, if you ever had an old house, and then you want to go in there and they renovate it. Well, Chris watched all those those HGTV stuff, you know, and they get these old rundown properties and then they, they renovate the property and then they sell it for a greater price, right? Well, you can't renovate something without, unless you first tear out the old. Cool. You get all the old stuff out, then you come in there, you put you some granite, some hardwood floors, and you do all this stuff, you got it, you, it's called renovating. So when I renovate or I renew something, then what has to happen is the old has to be pulled what? Out, and the new has to be put what? In. The Bible says you cannot pour new wine in the old skins. All right? So, and so this is what has happened. Now, and listen, listen, you have to do this. Now, so, so what does that mean? God is not going to renew your mind for you. All right, I gave, I gave y'all an example, I think during the increase conference, I gave you an example of, 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 this, of this butterfly called the monarch butterfly. And the monarch butterfly is born a caterpillar, you got it, and it's born in, you know, over here. But then what has to happen is before it turns cold, it has to transform into a what? Butterfly, so it can make the flight to, warmer, to a warmer climate. Now, what happens to the caterpillar if it never transforms into a butterfly. Come on. It dies. Why? Because it was unwilling to what? Transform. This is what happens in the life of a believer. Dreams die. Marriages die. Passions die. All these things die because you're unwilling to what? Transform. And transformation only takes place by the renewing of your what? Mind. Listen, when, when I renew my mind, basically the, the, the renewing of, of, of your mind is not just repetition information, but the renewing of your mind is a lifestyle change. So I don't have, listen, when your mind get renewed, you don't have to tell me. Why? Because once your mind is renewed, your lifestyle what? Changes. Your mouth changes. Everything what? changes. So if your mouth's still the same, come on, caterpillar. <laughs> come on, caterpillar. I, listen, I don't, listen, I don't care how bad that caterpillar want to get there. It ain't going to make it. It can, cal it can caterpillar all it wants to. <laughs> I got to get there. I got to get there. I, I don't care how hard you work as a caterpillar. You can work all day, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and you will never make it to your God-ordained prosperity. You can have five jobs, and I don't care. You will never make it there because, watch this, you will not transform. I don't care how much money folk give you. I don't care how much folk try to help you. Y'all ever help somebody, me, and you come back and they... 
I should have kept my money. Now you don't blew yours and mine. You got you can't do it. They always they somehow they always end up right back there. Why? Because they never transform because they're too lazy to renew their minds. Thank you for them two or three hand claps. Praise the Lord. That's all right. I told you I ain't gonna go long. Give me a couple more minutes. Now, now, let's look at this. Over my life, I have formed a comfort zone. Got it? Over my life, I've, I've, I've formed what we like to call a comfort zone. Now, this comfort zone that I have has formed the tolerances that I have in life. And this is very important as it relates to my prosperity. You may say, why? God, I'm glad you asked. For example, if you grew up with, a, with lack in your life, then more than likely, lack has shaped your environment. That's your environment. That's the environment you come out of. Second one, credible authority figures. Credible authority figures that you let speak into your life told you that lack is a part of life. Then because you respected them, you, you accepted what they said. It doesn't make a difference whether or not what they were saying or telling you was a lie. You received it as truth. Because why? They're credible. What they said, it was credible to you. Uh, let me give you an example of this. Uh, for a long time, I thought my name was Amp. A-M-P. I went to school, I wrote A-M-P. Because that's what everybody called me. They told me my name was Amp Jones. Well, when I went to school, the te teacher said, Anthony, I'm looking around. Well, who's Anthony? Because my name is Amp. But on my, listen, now listen, on my birth certificate, it has Anthony. That's the truth. But because credible authority figures that I let speak into my life call me Amp, then watch this. I thought I was an Amp instead of an Anthony. What? Y'all, come on, y'all. Y'all sitting there laughing. Y'all still acting like so, what somebody called you, and you 40 years old. <laughs> Better get up off me. <laughs> They're still acting like what they used to call you. You got so so. Okay, leave that alone. Let me leave that alone. Leave them. Leave them. Move on. Move on off that. But but what you gotta understand is because they were credible. You got it. You believe what they said, even though what they told you was a lie. You got it. Number three, if all the experiences that you've had up to this point in your life dealt with lack, then now you expect lack. Even if you are presented, watch this, with a prosperous opportunity. Somebody come with you with an opportunity that will prosper you, but because you've only been exposed to lack, you will see the lack in the opportunity. So, so guess what? You won't choose the opportunity. Number four, repetitious information. 
And if lack is all you hear and all you are exposed to on a repetitious basis, then lack is on your mind. That's all. That's all you expose yourself to. That's all you hear over and over. How many of y'all ever, I should use this before, how many of y'all ever been to the doctor's office and they play that old crazy music that you don't even like, but then when you leave the doctor's office, you find yourself humming it? Why? Because it's repetitious. You hear it over and over and over again. Now, it, with all these factors in place, you have developed, watch this, a tolerance for lack. Got it? Let, watch this. Let me say it like this. Lack is your comfort zone. I mean, I can use lack. I can use sickness. I you whatever, but it has become your comfort zone. So, you know, so now you have created this tolerance for it. And now it has become your comfort zone. Now, <laughs> you'll begin to think that lack is all right. And the moment you think that lack is all right, you're going to always stay there. When you realize something ain't right, you'll fight to change it. Oh, come on, man. But when you think, but when you think it's all right, you'll stay, you'll stay, you'll, you'll stay right there. You get used to, you know, you get paid and all your check gone. Now you got to bump some gas money from somebody. Or call somebody to help you on your light bill. Not because you don't make enough money. It's because you really used to lack. Because every time you get a little more money, you go create some mobile. Why? Because you're trying to get comfortable. Y'all gonna get comfortable. Can you, can, I want, oh, yeah, you gotta get, I'm taking my time with it. You, no, you don't understand. See, subconsciously this happens. Because you've been trained this way. So subconsciously, God increases you, but you still go out there and create another bill to eat up the increase so that you can be comfortable in lack. It has become your comfort zone. All right? Now, now let's, 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 <laughs> let's go a little farther. Now, see, the problem with comfort zones is what happens with comfort zones, they create barriers. You got it? So, so your comfort zone has created a barrier in your life. You got it? One that keeps you from going too low, but another that prevents you from going too high. You got it? So uh, let's do numbers. Let's, let's do uh, just numbers so you can explain what I'm saying. So your comfort zone is between 40,000 and 20,000. So what happens is if you get below 20,000, watch this, you ain't comfortable. So I don't care what you got to do. I'm going to go out there and do what I need to do to get above what? 20. That's on the low end. But the same thing happens on the high end. If you get above 40, then you'll start making choices and decisions that'll keep you under 40. Because you're not comfortable making more than 40. Now, subconsciously, you do it. Y'all, come on, y'all. Listen, you can't help it 
because this is how your belief system and your value system has been shaped over time. So now if you're going to change your comfort zone, you're going to have to remove those barriers. And I do it by changing those four areas. And this, and this is the fight. This is the fight. You got it? That most believers have, okay? Let me give you an example. It's a good example. I used this example before, years ago, and I thought it was a good example. All right? Your comfort zone is you're not comfortable walking. You got it? But when you start your car, you start it with a screwdriver. Y'all ain't never seen that back in the day? You you So, you ain't comfortable walking, but you are right getting in your car starting with a screwdriver. So it's, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. So, so, now, so now, as long as you can get in the car and start it with a screwdriver, you're all right. But watch this, if you got to go to walking, you're going to do whatever you had to do to get back to driving, even though you got to crank it with a screwdriver. But now watch this, but then you got a spouse that'll tell you, well, why don't we go look at a new car? And the first thing that come to your mind is, I can't afford no new car. You know how much that, you ain't even been to a lot. You ain't shopped around, you ain't looked, you ain't even tried, but automatically, before you even went out there to see, the first thing you say, I can't afford no new car. Okay. Maybe y'all, maybe, maybe, maybe this is right here get you. You know how you go to them, I call them touchy note lots. You know, touchy note. Buy here, pay here. I call touchy note. They, they touchy note. They touch your note. Okay, okay, y'all get it. I'm old, I'm old school. I'm old school. It's usually the dealer that got all the flags. No, no, why is it called? That's where I used to go. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I'm trying, I'm trying to get you to explain something. Now, now I talk about me because I won't get mad. So I ain't know nothing about no new car coming up. My mama ain't never, daddy ain't never drove no new car. Every car they ever drove, they got it from somebody else. And, and most of the time had something wrong with it, made some kind of noise or something. <laughs> I remember I, I, was in, I was in middle school and my daddy's car had this ringing noise. It, and we was at junior high, the old junior high. And we'd be out there waiting for basketball practice for the ride to pick you up. And he'd be waiting down there by the way Bojangles is. <laughs> and the boy would be like, AJ, here come your dad. <laughs> he'd be two miles away. You hear, <laughs> Okay, okay. Let me. But listen, so, so now watch this now. So, so, you know, when I got older, you know, I had, you know, I started working and started paying for things. You know, you know, me and Chris were going to get out for a car. So, you know, I'm going to the touch you note lot. <laughs> okay. She is she gonna try to tell me, let's go to let's go look at it. I, I can't afford <laughs> I can't afford no new car. I ain't never went look. Ain't I mean not they, ain't 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 thought he caught my but I done told her I ain't know what I am. And look, I don't care what she did, she could not get me to go look at a new car. You got it? Until one day, 
I started hanging around a bunch of other folk that always had new cars. And I started talking to them, and they always had. I'm like, yo, ain't got no miles on it. Four, four or five miles on it. You know, I always thought it had to be broken in, at least 50, 60. You know, I'm sitting out, y'all laughing at me because y'all, some of y'all, some of y'all still here. I'm like, I ain't there no more. Some of y'all, y'all laughing. This is how you think. This is how you think. It ain't got to at least be broken in. You got, but I started hanging around there, and then I ended up with my first brand new car was a Toyota Camry. 1998. 1998. This is 1990. I ain't changed my mind to 1998. That was my first brand new car. Even the Mustang won't brand new. Okay, that's what I'm trying to tell you. You know what I'm sitting there trying to drink a car? I know, I know what I'm talking about. I always thought it had to be used. That was my first brand new car. And when I went to the lot, I was so amazed that it was easier to get a new one than a used one. But I had this comfort zone. It was set. So what it did is it kept me. It kept me right there. Every time. See, but I couldn't change that comfort zone until I was unwilling to renew my mind. And, and that takes, watch this, you're going to have to change some things. You have to change your environment. Come on, folk, you're around. You're going to have to change credible authority figures, folk that you let talking to you and you respect what they say. You got, you got to change, watch this, your, the repetitious information. And then, watch this, once that happens, and then your experiences will change. And this is why they, t- they tell you all the time, either, watch this, you're going to scratch with the turkeys, or you're going to fly with the eagles. You can tell how high you're going to go in life by looking at the folk around you. I know, yeah, it's hard, ain't it? See, you can't spend too much time with um, Cousin Kookie. You know, he's funny. You, got, you hang around folk that got bad marriages? That's probably what you're going to have. You hang around folk that cheat on their wives? Talk about their husbands? Talk about how I don't know why I'm married to old dumb joker. You got, no, 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 no. And this is what I tell you, your, your mate is a product of your intellect. So how smart were you? Because you picked him. <laughs> but this is what you do. I say, if you hang around folk like that, come on, that's what you want. So, so the challenge is, is now I got to ch- change my environment. I got to look at, watch it, I got to really look at, all right, who I'm hanging around and what are they doing with their life? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. All right, let me go and wrap this up since y'all are so excited. Now, if left unchecked, these comfort zones will prevent us from ever experiencing new levels of living. You got it? So you spend your life going up and down, and because you never enlarge your comfort zone, growth cannot take place. Before your body can arrive at the next level of living, your mind has to go there first. Your mind has to go there first. So now what I got to do is I got to spend my, I, I need to spend some time 
You got it? Renewing my mind. Because my mind will give my body new marching orders that will get me to the next level of living because I am not comfortable, watch this, where I am any longer. Come on, Come on you, start, you start looking around, you've been in, I ain't comfortable here no more. You know, and then what happens is, is now your mind starts giving you new marching orders. You start, not, you start seeing stuff around you that you ain't never seen before. The stuff was always there, but you never paid attention to it. But it was always right there. But now what has happened is, is you become uncomfortable. You got it? So the moment when I get uncomfortable, now, watch this, I can push past my comfort zone. So wherever you go in life, if you continue to grow in God, you always get to a place where you are un. And then where you were once uncomfortable, you now become what? Comfortable. So now what I have to do is I have to stretch my comfort zone again. Okay, this is what this is way, but you have to listen. You have to do this on purpose. You got it. Say you use, let me use money. Say you used to giving $10. And $10 your comfort zone. You got it? If you don't start giving more than 10, you're going to be a $10 giver for the rest of your life. You got it? So what I got to do is I got to stretch myself to now I'm not going to be a $10 giver no more. I'm going to be a $20 giver. So I get to being a $20 giver. So what do I have to do? I have to stretch my comfort zone. Why can't we talk about money? Everybody get, let's talk about praying. You're a one-minute prayer. Come on, you comfortable praying for a minute a day. Well, if you don't change that comfort zone, you're going to spend your whole life praying one minute a day. Why? Because that's where I'm what? So well, what I got to do is if I want to go higher, then I'm going to stretch and I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to go from one this year to five minutes. No, I ain't going to take you that fast. Go to two. Go to. But what happens is, is now I develop a new what? Comfort zone. Okay. Let me go on and wrap this up. But it, listen, if you don't challenge it, it will not change. And you'll spend your whole life going around the same old hill. Never experiencing nothing new. Because it stays the same. Why? Because that's your comfort zone. That's your comfort zone. And you got to be willing to break out. Now, if I don't expand my comfort zone, several things can happen. Number one, your growth and development will be limited. Got it? There's not, there's not going to be growth and development in your life. And if it is growth and development, it's going to be limited. Number two, you will tend to discourage others because you will be threatened by their success. Others, other people's success will make you uncomfortable. Come on, y'all know. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on. Don't, don't, don't say nothing about it. But you know, when you, you, feel, you get around somebody that's a successful and ain't, ain't none of yourself working. Come on, y'all. Yeah, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. But you know, you know, it don't feel good, do it? No, you're uncomfortable. 
Because you said, well, why they, why they stuff always working? And my husband ain't never working. My stuff raggedy. You know, you, know, you, you know, you get around folk that got a good marriage and yours tore up. Come on, it ain't comfortable. You got it? But if you don't, if, listen, if you don't stay around them, yours going to stay raggedy. So what happens is, is now what you'll begin to do is you'll begin to talk about those who got because you don't. I say, you know, you drink what I call that haterade. A big old glass hair. No, that's, you spend your life talking about other folk. You know, that's all, that's, that, you know, folk that gossip a lot, that's really their problem. They sit around and just talk about other folk. They talk about that so they can feel better about their wretched state. You know, that's why you don't get mad at folk talking about you. Because they have, listen, they have to talk about you so they can feel better about their little wretched state. They don't really like where they're at. They act like they do. Y'all don't understand. No, they really, on the outward appearance, they look like they loving it. Yeah, I'm the bomb, but inwardly, man, they really hate where they're at. So now, so that they can feel better about themselves, they put their focus on you. So this is why when you understand this, you move to pray for folk who talk about you. Because you really understand they're miserable. See, it's not, about, it's not about what you see on the outside. Anybody can put on something on the outside. You got it? But it's the inward. It's the inward stuff. And you know, you know on the inside, you know you are pitiful. You know you want, you know you want better. Right? Can't be happy for nobody else. They pull up in a new car and something always. <laughs> Joking in a new car, they need to do some old wild kids they got. You know, well, <laughs> what they got? What they, what they got to do something different? But y'all, y'all know because y'all, y'all been, yo, don't say nothing, y'all been around for life. But automatically you go instead of that, man, oh my goodness, glory be to God. Because watch this, you know, I ain't going to help you make the payment anyway, so I'm going to rejoice with you. I'm happy for you. Praise the Lord. You got it. But that's what happens, man, is then, you know, because you, because you do this, you begin to despise other people's success, and their success really makes you uncomfortable. And you got to deal with this. Number three, you will begin to impose your limited standards on others. By telling them what is possible in their life. I don't know what you think you, think you how you going to do that. This is why the Bible said don't cast your pearls among swine. Every, listen, it ain't for you to tell everybody what God told you. Because you tell it to the wrong person, you will let them kill it for you. Why? Because they ain't going to do nothing. I tell you, you got two types of people in your life. Either they pushing you towards your destiny or hindering you from it. And you better find out whether you got pushers or hinders. Now, here's my advice. Cut all the hinders off. No, cut them. Cut them off. They can be their friend. 
You know, you know, my friend, you may you talk to him from time to time, but you can't give him too much personal attention or personal time. You still love them. You got, but if they're not a pusher, if they're not pushing me to be better, you got it, then I got to ask myself a question. Why are you even in my life? Why are you, why, why are you even in my life? If you're not pushing me to do what? Better. You got, so you got, those are the two, the two types of people. You got pushers or hinders. Now, I would advise you to go and check, run the check line, and find out who in your life is a, you, you, you start with family first. <laughs> Y'all, everybody will say, judgment starts with the house of God. No, it starts in your house. <laughs> you got, and you got to begin, and listen, and if it's somebody that's called, say you married to them, then you got to begin to have conversations with them. Why, why you never push me? Why, no, why, why are you always hindered? Why come every time I say something, you always got to see the negative? You got to begin to have those conversations. Are you drinking haterade on me? And we on the same team? Why? Why do you always, why always you see the negative? You got, but you got, you don't, you know, you know, you make, you don't walk away from them, but you got to challenge them. Why are you, why are you like that? Uh, praise the Lord. Glory be to God. I'm going to stop right there. Listen, but this is what you got to understand. Those four things in your life, your environment. Credible authority figures you let speak into your life. Got it. Um, experiences and repetitious information. You got to begin to look at them. You got to begin to look at them. And I tell you, you ain't got you look at you start looking at them one at a time. Look at your environment. Really begin to poll the folk you hang around. Now, once you start making some decisions, you want folk. Why you never hang around me no more? Just don't even say nothing first time. Ain't nothing, girl. They keep on asking you, you had to tell them. Because I'm around you all the time and you just pure negative. You always talking about how bad it is or you always talking about somebody. You always, I mean, just negative. And I don't, listen, in the word that I don't need that negative energy around me. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm working on something. You got it? So it doesn't mean I don't love you, but I got to limit the time I spend with you. You got it? Credible authority figures. You got, listen, you got to start checking the folk you listen to. For more lessons from Pastor Anthony Jones and New Life Church, please subscribe to this podcast. You can also go to newlifewoc.com for our live streaming service times. Thanks for listening. <laughs>